Hey, ladies, here to do week four, day two. And we're going to go ahead and start with some scripture reading. It's 1 Kings 11, 9 through 13. Then I'm going to hop into page 26. And about halfway through that, then I'll read the second scripture reading, which is 2 Kings 17 and 25. So 1 Kings 11, we're doing 9 through 13. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David my servant and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. God made it clear that the kingdom would be taken from Solomon. But he also said that for the sake of David, he would not do it during Solomon's life. He had been faithful, but Solomon had turned his heart from the Lord. His actions would have massive consequences, not just in his own life, but in the life of the nation. 1 King 11 tells us that though the Lord had appeared to Solomon, Solomon refused to do what God had commanded him to do. Just as he had said, There would be consequences for disobedience. God made it clear that the kingdom would be taken from Solomon, but he also said that for the sake of David, God would not do it during Solomon's life. What God had said quickly came to pass, and kingdom was divided in two. The northern kingdom, referred to as Israel, it comprised of ten tribes, which were capital and Samarian. The southern kingdom was referred to as Judah, and it was made up of two tribes in the capital of Jerusalem. The rest of First and Second Kings records for us the kings of the divided, country, divided kingdom. In the northern kingdom, there were no good kings. In the southern kingdom, we saw a mixture with a few good kings. God had told the people in Deuteronomy 28 that there would be a blessing for obedience. If the people obeyed, God would drive out their enemies and give them victory. But... He had also warned them that the dire consequences for disobedience. If the people disobeyed the Lord and were not faithful to the covenant, God would allow their enemies to overtake them. The message of scripture was clear and judgment was coming. Now I'm going to skip and do 2 Kings, or we're going to listen to 2 Kings, and this is all of chapter 17, and then we're going to listen to 25. 2 Kings 17. In the twelfth year of Ahaz, king of Judah, Hoshea, son of Elah, became king of Israel in Samaria, and he reigned nine years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not like the kings of Israel who preceded him. Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up to attack Hoshea, who had been Shalmaneser's vassal and had paid him tribute. But the king of Assyria discovered that Hoshea was a traitor, for he had sent envoys to So, king of Egypt, and he no longer paid tribute to the king of Assyria, as he had done year by year. Therefore Shalmaneser seized him and put him in prison. The king of Assyria invaded the entire land, marched against Samaria, 
and laid siege to it for three years. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and deported the Israelites to Assyria. He settled them in Halah, in Gozan, on the Habor River, and in the towns of the Medes. All this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of Egypt from under the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They worshipped other gods and followed the practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before them, as well as the practices that the kings of Israel had introduced. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord their God that were not right. From watchtower to fortified city, they built themselves high places in all their towns. They set up sacred stones and asherah poles on every high hill and under every spreading tree. At every high place they burned incense as the nations whom the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did wicked things that aroused the Lord's anger. They worshipped idols, though the Lord had said, You shall not do this. The Lord warned Israel and Judah through all his prophets and seers, Turn from your evil ways. Observe my commands and decrees in accordance with the entire law that I commanded your ancestors to obey and that I delivered to you through my servants, the prophets. But they would not listen and were as stiff-necked as their ancestors, who did not trust in the Lord their God. They rejected his decrees and the covenant he had made with their ancestors and the statutes he had warned them to keep. They followed worthless idols and themselves became worthless. They imitated the nations around them, although the Lord had ordered them do not do as they do. They forsook all the commands of the Lord their God and made for themselves two idols cast in the shape of calves and an Asherah pole. They bowed down to all the starry hosts and they worshipped Baal. They sacrificed their sons and daughters in the fire. They practiced divination and sought omens and sold themselves to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. So the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah was left, and even Judah did not keep the commands of the Lord their God. They followed the practices Israel had introduced. Therefore the Lord rejected all the people of Israel. He afflicted them and gave them into the hands of plunderers until he thrust them from his presence. When he tore Israel away from the house of David, they made Jeroboam, son of Nebat, their king. Jeroboam enticed Israel away from following the Lord and caused them to commit a great sin. The Israelites persisted in all the sins of Jeroboam and did not turn away from them until the Lord removed them from his presence, as he had warned through all his servants, the prophets. So the people of Israel were taken from their homeland into exile in Assyria, and they are still there. The king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharvaim, and settled them in the towns of Samaria to replace the Israelites. They took over Samaria and lived in its towns. When they first lived there, they did not worship the Lord, so he sent lions among them, and they killed some of the people. It was reported to the king of Assyria, 
The people you deported and resettled in the towns of Samaria do not know what the God of that country requires. He has sent lions among them, which are killing them off because the people do not know what he requires. Then the king of Assyria gave this order. Have one of the priests you took captive from Samaria go back to live there and teach the people what the God of the land requires. So one of the priests who had been exiled from Samaria came to live in Bethel and taught them how to worship the Lord. Nevertheless, each national group made its own gods in the several towns where they settled and set them up in the shrines the people of Samaria had made at the high places. The people from Babylon made Sukkot Benoth, those from Kuthah made Nergal, and those from Hamath made Ashamah. The Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak, and the Sephardites burned their children in the fire as sacrifices to Adramalek and Anamalek, the gods of Sephavaim. They worshipped the Lord, but they also appointed all sorts of their own people to officiate for them as priests in the shrines of the high places. They worshipped the Lord, but they also served their own gods in accordance with the customs of the nations from which they had been brought. To this day they persisted in their former practices. They neither worshipped the Lord nor adhered to the decrees and regulations, the laws and commands that the Lord gave the descendants of Jacob, whom he named Israel. When the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites, he commanded them, Do not worship any other gods or bow down to them. Serve them or sacrifice to them. But the Lord, who brought you up out of Egypt with mighty power and outstretched arm, is the one you must worship. To him you shall bow down, and to him offer sacrifices. You must always be careful to keep the decrees and regulations, the laws and commands he wrote for you. Do not worship other gods. Do not forget the covenant I have made with you. And do not worship other gods. Rather, worship the Lord your God. It is he who will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. They would not listen, however, but persisted in their former practices. Even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. To this day, their children and grandchildren continue to do as their ancestors did. Wow, that was a long one. Um, but that's 2 Kings 17. I'm going to hop back to the book. The other scripture it's um, saying that we should read is 2 Kings 25. It's a little bit long as well. So I'm just going to go ahead and read from page 65 of the book to tie in with 2 Kings. The northern kingdom fell in 722 BC to the Babylonians as recorded in 2 Kings 17. The southern kingdom preserved for a little longer due to the influence of their good kings. But in 586 BC, the southern kingdom tragically fell as recorded in 2 Kings 25. It's hard to read and it leaves us wondering why God's people would do this. But we already know why. The divided kingdom is just one more result of living in a fallen world after Genesis 3. The brokenness of sin is displayed as we see God's people turn from him. And the consequences of sin are exactly what God had told them they would be. But there's good news in all this mess. God had told them what the consequences of sin would be, and he was true to his word. But God also made his promises to his people and covenants of his faithfulness of all that he would do, and the Messiah that would come. Even in the midst of heartbreak, 
of the divided kingdom God was working. And just as he was true to his word about the consequences of sin, he would be true to his word about his promises as well. He would keep everyone. And though we are left wondering how he will do it, we can be confident that he will. The same is true for our own lives. Sometimes we look at our own situation and don't know how God can bring good from it. But he will be true to his word. So if there's one thing that we should take away from the story of scripture is that he is faithful and he will do as he promised to do. The questions on 66. Number one, how does this part of the story point us back to the brokenness of the fall? Number two, how do these passages of scripture tell us about the seriousness of sin in God's eyes? Number three, despite the unfaithfulness of the people, God would keep his covenant. What does this tell us about the trustworthiness of God? That's the end of week four, day two.